Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. God could have made me anything. Anything in this world, and he made me a black woman. <laughs> that is it. That is the post. Black girl, you black girl. girl hey welcome back everybody to another episode of the save black girl podcast if you happen to be new here i'm your host your girl your sister tiff and i'm super excited to welcome you to conversations that we're not necessarily having in church but we need to have around spiritual growth around identity around purpose marriage dating relationships motherhood and all the things related to the black christian woman experience so I'm super excited, guys, to dive in in this episode. So we're in season two, and it's been so good so far. You guys have been giving me so much love, so many comments about how you've been enjoying it and how it has been impacting your lives. And I'm about to start our very first series, y'all. Yes. Here's a Save Black Girl first, our first series. So here is the thing. On April 20th of this year, your girl will be 40, okay? Your girl will be 40. And so I really wanna kick off this series in a conversation about my countdown to 40, the, the, the things that God is showing me, the lessons I'm learning in love and motherhood and all of these areas. And I believe that if you've enjoyed any of the content that you've seen here before, you're gonna enjoy this series. So. Um, I got two quick announcements for you guys. Y'all know how we do. If you're new here, we'd like to get the church announcements out the way real quick. <laughs> so listen, we are taking our very first Save Black Girl trip. Y'all, we're going to the Holy Land. Oh my goodness. Have you ever wanted to go or go back to the Holy Land? November 7th, we are going to be taking an 11-day journey walking through the places that jesus walked through his lifetime it is literally a journey through the bible now here's what i want you to know included in this trip we have our own private tour conductors we have our first class hotels international flights overseas airport transfers, meals, and all of these other things. And we are going to be walking through Jericho and Bethlehem and Galilee and Jerusalem and 
all of these incredible places. And if you want to take your relationship with Christ deeper, walking the places that he actually walked when he was here as Jesus on earth is a way to experience him in a way you've never had. And look, you can get started. You can join us. The trip is in November, but you can get started and reserve your spot today for only $300. So we have 10 to 15 spaces that we are, um, people we're taking on the trip. And I want you to be one of the people that journeys through the Bible with us. So um, click the show notes for more information. Like I said, you do not have to pay in full. You can simply reserve your space today with $300 and then you can work out the payment plan up until time for the trip. So if that's something that interests you, I want you to do not wait because like I said, we only have about 10, maybe 15 at the most spaces. And I want you to be able to join us. Here's a second quick church announcement. Y'all, I am working on some incredible things to grow this movement, to grow this community. There are so many of you who are watching this, who comment, who let me know that this content is blessing you as you are growing in your confidence in Christ, knowing more who he is, knowing who you are in him, walking in your purpose. And even those of you who are business owners and showing up more confidently in the marketplace. And so I am creating some things, but I need your feedback. <laughs> I'm a true marketer and I want your opinion. Shout out to those of you who have already filled it out. It's a quick four question survey. The link is in the show notes. I want you to just tell me your opinion. There are some things I'm working on, I'm creating, and I only want to create it if I know you actually would enjoy it or find it valuable. So click the link in the show notes, please. Give me your insight, give me your opinion, and I thank you in advance for doing so. All right, y'all, let's get into this episode. You guys, huh, I gotta be honest. Let me back up. I think that I've been in my pre-40 state of mind for about two years. I don't know why, but at 38, I started just feeling like I was going through this growth spurt and I just started like, my mindset started shifting. I started even just kind of saying like, because I'm going to be 40 soon. And it was two whole years away, like chill sis, you know, but I, I don't know. Like I just really started being in this space of like my mindset shifting, like just feeling different in how I was making decisions in relationships and everything. And then obviously last year being 39, I was like, oh, snap, this is my actual last full year in my 30s. And it was like, woo, wake up call. And at that same time, so much was happening in my life. And you'll be hearing about all of it in the journey. So I'll, I'll kind of drip it out slowly, but job changes and dating and move and just all of these things were happening in my life. And I was like, what in the world? And so it's just been a whirlwind. But one of the things that has grounded it for me has been looking up the number 40 um, biblically and understanding what it kind of symbolizes, knowing that the number of 40 symbolizes testing. You know, you talk about 
um, Jesus, you know, fasting for 40 days. And then you look at, you know, the children of Israel, what was supposed to be a 40 day journey, but it ended up being a 40 year journey. So 40 symbolizes a time of fasting, but it also symbolizes a time of ending a cycle and starting something new. Like in the 40 is a completion of a journey, completion of a cycle and starting something new. And you know what? I was like, that makes so much sense for what I have been feeling, for what I have been sensing. And so it started, I started really looking back over the entire 40 years of what is the cycle? What are we ending? What are we stepping into? And um, so many things have been, you know, just coming to mind. And I want to just talk about them in this series. I think no matter what age you are, no matter where you are in relation to a lot of these different areas, there's something that I believe that God will be, you know, impressed upon your heart. So here is one of the first things I want to say that came to me um, as I was reflecting on turning 40. And it was the truth that I am not where I thought I would be. I am not where I thought I would be turning 40. Uh, guys, uh, how often do we as children or in our 20s or even in our 30s have this picture of here's where I'll be, here's what I will have accomplished, and here's what I will have done. And it's not even a negative thing to have these goals and to have these dreams. I think the problem comes in when we are married to the timeline. What is the timeline based on? Unless God himself says by 40, this will happen, which in my case, the things I assumed and thought he didn't say, I just felt like I got divorced at um, 29 or separated and then became divorced. So I came into my 30s, um, re-single, and I just, you just knew that I would be remarried by now. Ten years went by. I, 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 you could have never told me. Now, in another episode, I'm going to talk a lot more in depth about that, about my date, my, my my dating, and, and where I am with that, and the peace, and what God has shown me. So definitely come back for this full tea on that, because I want to go deep, deep, deep in that. But in general, I'm like, wow, that was one area. I think um, just even in terms of wealth building, I set a goal and I said that I wanted to be a millionaire at 40. And now don't get me wrong. We on a good trajectory. Some some big things, some multi six figures is happening this year, but it won't be, I, it will not likely be seven. And I had to be able to give myself grace and say, yeah, at the time when I set that goal, there were factors and things I was unaware of that it sounded nice and cute to say, we're going to do that by 40, but mm, it's probably going to take a little bit closer to between now and 45, right? For sure, do believe that it'll be done by 50 because of my trading and some different things. Um, and we'll talk about that in the money episode, but... I was like, man. So in general, what I'm saying is I have had to confront the timeline. All of the things that I thought, oh, by 40, we will have checked those boxes. And I mean, God is miraculous. I got a little less than 40 days. Some things could happen. But essentially, <laughs> there are some check boxes that will not get checked. And there was a place of contentment 
that I had to come to. Like, I had to really sit with each of the things and say, well, why didn't this happen? Was this God's timing or was this my timing? Okay. And in all the areas, I could say it was my timing. And so what it has really done for me going into 40 is one of my biggest, and you've heard me say this, one of my biggest words for the year is the word surrender. Because I realize that the place I always miss God, and if you're a type A, you feel me on this, the place I always miss God is me being early. I can see what is coming. I can see what's happening. The prophetic part of me knows like this is where we're going. But then there's a part of me that's so anxious and wants it to happen today. And so I've it's really been reaffirming for me that I have to rely on God's timing. I got to erase my timetable and the I think it should be. And I'm going to say this. I have had to even talk to friends and family who have also impressed their timelines upon me in certain areas and say, I know you mean well, and I understand where you're coming from when you say this could have happened by now and this maybe should have happened by now. But because that's not based on what God is saying, I cannot take that as gospel, even from you who I love. I'm having to break up with all of the timelines and say, I'm going to move in step with what God has for me and with where he has me. Because if I'm honest, while in my mind, I thought, oh, I could, I'd be in some different places. I would have achieved a little bit more. I'd be remarried. I'd have this big house and all of these other things. I feel content about where I am. I understand why I am exactly why where I am, why I've done the things I have done. I'm a best-selling author. I've built a six-figure business. I've done some really great things, but then there's some things I haven't done. And I'm like, you know what? I feel at peace with what I haven't haven't done. <laughs> to be if I if I ignore social media pressure, if I ignore my own old timeline, if I ignore what other people are saying and just be present to where I am, I feel good about it. I feel like I am where I am supposed to be. Like the things I have known and the lessons that I've known have brought me here. And I can see the connection between what I am learning, how I'm evolving in my being, right? Not just not in doing, but in who I am as a woman, I'm seeing how that's driving me forward to where I want to go. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get there, you know? So I think that if you're someone at any age and you feel yourself racing against this clock and this timeline, I really want you to ask yourself, where did this clock in this timeline come from? Is it a societal pressure that I just feel like, well, you should have kids by now. Well, honey, you should know this by now. Maybe you're in a place where you're like, man, I'm at this age, but I really want to change careers. Or maybe you feel led to like restart fresh in a new relationship. You've invested all these years and you're like, yeah, it's not really what it should be. Give yourself grace and permission to be where you are today. You're not behind you're not late. You're not early. Maybe you're young and you feel like, man, I can't believe God is using me in this way early. I, am, I too, am I too early to this? I want you to give yourself the permission and the grace to say, I am where I'm supposed to be and I'm okay. <laughs> you know that God has brought me here and graced me here. And um, 
it's a beautiful sense of contentment that I feel. Now, I will admit that on a daily basis, I still have to shut the clock up because the enemy is going to always try to come through an old door and like you might have got the victory, but it's still. So I have to constantly remind myself I have to be very intentional about what I take in on social media because social media will have you comparing yourself. Social media will have you out here thinking, oh, see, she's further along than me or she's she living a dream. She's doing better than me. She's younger than me and she has more money or whatever. And if you're not careful, it will have you in a place of discontentment. It will have you in a place where you are not appreciating your journey, where you're not present fully to where you are today because you're so worried about tomorrow or you're so worried about yesterday. But there's a power in just being present to today and being content and saying, you know what? This is where I am today. I think the other thing about that too is that sometimes discontentment has a way of trying to make us show up as something we're not. So again, social media or even just how we move through the world, sometimes without even fully recognizing it, we're trying to show up different. We don't want anybody to know that this is the truth of what it is because we want to come off like we're in a different place instead of just being honest and open and saying like, yeah, this is where I am still. <laughs> and it's a beautiful place. And it, last year, 2022, um, Pastor Mike Todd and Transformation Church, regardless of how you feel about them, we're not talking about that. Stay focused, okay? Because I know there's a lot of different thoughts. Stay focused, okay? One of the things he declared for the church, he does like a, a word or a phrase for the year, and, and the phrase was, here is holy. And his whole thing was like, wherever you are, the, the space you are in, it's holy because God is there. And even though that was the word for last year, I've still carried that into this year with me and reminding myself that here, where I am today, spiritually, emotionally, in my body, in my money, in my relationships, in every area, the good, the bad, the ugly of where it is, guess what? It's holy. And God is here. He sees my credit. He sees my day in life. He sees my financial health, my physical health. He sees all of it. And he's right here present. And I want you to know that too, that that person that's like feeling the clock ticking is getting louder and louder because you're like, oh my goodness, I don't even have no dating prospects. Oh my goodness. I have no idea what I'm going to do in this business or, oh my goodness, I really want children. And it's feeling like, I don't know. I want you to understand that right where you are in this moment, God sees you and he's present with you. And, you know, the Bible talks about casting our cares on him because he cares for us. Like my relationship has gotten so much deeper with Christ because I've allowed him and invited him, him into here. Like the fullness and the reality of here, the beauty of it, like, God, these are the things I'm loving, I'm appreciating the ugly of it. God, these are the things I hate. I had a moment yesterday that literally felt so frustrating. My anxiety felt triggered. I just didn't feel good. And I invited the Holy Spirit into that moment. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't try to do the strong girl thing. I was like, this is how I feel right in this moment. And I hate it. 
and I don't like it. And he ministered to me right in that place, which is growth for me because back in the day, I sat there for a while. Like, <laughs> I just, uh, uh, uh. and don't y'all look at me funny because y'all be having pity parties with the good china, okay? And the good gold glitter confetti. And I was like, no, I, I'm inviting you here into this place where I am right now and opening up that space to him allows him to really minister to us. Like there's another scripture I love that talks about you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And you, I probably say that scripture all the time, right? But for, I'm trying to impress upon somebody who is watching this and the timeline is racing and you're feeling anxious and you're like, I'm not where I want to be in life. To be honest, I thought I'd be in a different place by this age. I want to impress upon you the power of inviting the Holy Spirit into that moment and sitting there with him, sitting in it, truly sitting being present. We're not going to speed past it. A good girlfriend of mine who is a mental health professional said to me that sometimes as believers, one of our challenges is that it's a positive, but it's also a challenge because we have scriptures like, I'm more than a conqueror. And so we think as soon as something happens, we just like, well, nope. And it's like this toxic positivity, you know, instead of saying like, yes, I'm more than a conqueror and I am going to be victorious in this situation. But in this moment, in this humanity of, of a moment, I don't feel it. I feel frustrated. And the fact that owning our frustrations and honestly embracing how we feel moves us to victory. Sometimes we don't get to victory because we literally kind of have this toxic positivity. And so we immediately steamroll past how we actually feel. And that's something that I had to learn um, through therapy and reading different things. I came to realize, oh, you know what? I use positivity in a toxic way. I'm up here like, oh, yes. And because the Bible says, and that's great. But I don't give myself enough time to sit in it and go, I'm just sad <laughs> and own it long enough to be able to powerfully move beyond it instead of just skipping over it. Here's one thing I want you to know. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to say this, that if you if you are toxically positive and you try to force yourself past a moment and force yourself past how you really feel because you're going to claim the victory, you're going to still have to come back and sit in that emotion. I know, right? It sucks. But you're going to still have to feel so that you can deal so that you can heal. Feel, deal, heal. Like you got to really feel it. You got to sit in it and then say, all right, now I'm ready to heal and now deal with it. And now I'm ready to heal. So I didn't think I was going to be on that point as long, but <laughs> I feel like somebody needed that. We just, we let the clock beat us up. We let, we let the clock give us so much anxiety. We're racing against this clock, which we're, we're, we're competing against what we think should be happening instead of being fully present and enjoying where we are in the time that we are and saying, this is where I am and I'm going to love it. I'm going to enjoy it because I'll never be here again. You know? So here's the second thing I'm learning. I am learning to give myself grace, like a deeper, true level of grace for the mistakes that I have made. And 
Iyala said something powerful, simple, but very profound. Simple when you hear it here, very profound when you hear it from your heart. And it was simply that we make decisions based off of what we know at the time. But if you know more now, you have the power to move forward and make more powerful decisions. As simple as that is, um, I think that I used to just beat myself up so much. I think one of the one thing I can really remember is getting divorced. And I mean, I beat myself up so I was like, how dumb are you? Like, who does this? You got a whole divorce. Like, who does this? It was I really was so harsh to myself until I learned that, girl, you made the decision you made based off of what you knew at the time. You know more now, but you didn't know that then. So you can't beat yourself up about what you didn't know then, but you can celebrate the fact that you know now. And that now you have powerful new knowledge to go forward and make a stronger, healthier choice. Do you need to give yourself that freedom and that grace? What is the mistake that you are beating yourself up about? I know you don't want to tell us. You don't want to tell us about it. But in your mind, you're rehearsing it to yourself. You keep saying, this is, I can't believe I, this was the dumbest thing I ever. I have not done anything else this stupid. Why did I do this? And I really want you to give yourself the grace and say, because that's what I knew at the time. <laughs> I was broken. I didn't know. I was in this place. Here's what I knew at that time. It only makes sense that I made that decision. But wow, I know more now. I have some powerful new knowledge and I get to make a new choice. Sometimes, and this is a place I feel myself, like we can feel victimized by life if we're honest. We can feel like, oh, these cards I've been dealt are just not fair. And Maybe trauma has done that to you. Maybe you've experienced something, you know, that has genuinely happened to you that made the rest of your life feel that way. That certainly was the case for me, you know, and confronting some of my um, childhood trauma made me realize that, wow, you know what? I was not living the first 39 years of my life. I was not living from a place of making powerful choices and decisions. I was kind of like just trying to manage the cards I felt like I was dealt. And while I understood that in Christ I had freedom and all of these things, my trauma said, my experiences, my life said to me, you ain't in control. Things going to happen to you and you just got to do the best with what, with what happens. But now I understand that, no, life is a series of choices. And if I don't like um, what the previous choices have yielded, I get to make new powerful choices going forward. That's one of the things in my prayer journal and that I pray over daily is... God, in this season of life, help me to make powerful spirit-led choices. Help me to make choices that move me more powerfully towards my goals. But let those decisions and choices be led by your spirit. I'm, I've done too many things in my own strength. I made too many de decisions based on my smarts. And I mean, some of them worked out good and some of them really didn't. <laughs> so give me the tools to make powerful decisions going forward 
but let them be spirit led decisions, you know, and I want to give that to someone who um, you're learning to give yourself grace for mistakes. Maybe in some areas you feel victimized. Like, I mean, I don't even know how I could have done better. I believe God is going to show you how you can take what you know now, the healthier version of you that you're evolving into and becoming. And number one, let yourself off the hook for what you didn't know. Okay, maybe you made a mistake and it might have been a really big one. But you know something different now. So forgive that former version of you because she didn't know. But you do. And you can make some more powerful choices going forward. So make more powerful choices going forward. What do you need? What do you want? What kind of life would you like to have? Like I've been designing what I call Tiffany 4.0. And I'm thinking about what does her life look like? How much... What does her relationship with God look like? How much time is she spending in prayer and worship? What is her mental health like? Her peace, the soft life that she's embracing. We're going to talk about that in another episode. <laughs> what is her physical body experiencing? Her money? How often is she traveling? Like, what does her life look like in every area? And once I, even though I'm still getting clear, but I, I am pretty clear in most of these areas, what Tiffany 4.0 looks like to me. Now I understand that I got to make powerful choices that move in that direction. If Tiffany 4.0 is a millionaire and um, she's taking her purpose and monetizing it, then I can't make idle decisions that don't have anything to do with my purpose. Like, mm -mm, that's not going to work. <laughs> if Tiffany 4.0 has loving relationships with people who cherish her and or that are mutually beneficial only, then people in my life who don't give anything back, they no longer have a place. So sorry, you know? So it's really going through every area of our lives and saying like, what do I want? How would I like to be? How would I like to show up? How would I like to experience life? And knowing that no matter what challenges we've experienced in the past, what heartbreaks, what disappointments, we do have the power to make powerful choices going forward. So that's the second thing I am really focused on and learning in this season. The third thing um, that I'm learning, and I want to, I'm opening up my my journal, <laughs> my prayer journal to share with you um, some specific notes that I am on this deep journey of self-love like never before. And I am studying the seven segments of self-love. Now, I got this from a training from Iyana Van Zandt. Now, regardless of how you feel about her, stay focused, right? Okay, because again, I know some people, you know, have issues with Iyana, take the meat, spit out the bones. But here is um, what I've been learning and how I've been reflecting in this journey. Um, she gives the seven segments of self-love and I wanna give them to you. And I've decided to do a week-long study with each one. And so here are the seven. Number one is um, self-awareness. My ability to recognize who I am, how I am being in my life and in the world. How do I show up? How do I allow the world to influence me? My ability to hold myself accountable. I understand that I'm responsible for everything I think and do. Am I being powerful or am I being a victim? So you can see that I did. I spent a week on that one and you can see some of that came out when I was talking about understanding I need to make powerful choices. Number two is uh, self-exploration. 
having the courage to learn about yourself so you can improve yourself. Why do I do the things I do? Why do you overthink so bad? Why do you procrastinate? Why really do you think you work better under pressure, which is really not a thing? Is it a lack of discipline? Like what's going on? What's in our makeup? Like it can be scary, but yet very courageous to walk over to the mirror and sit in that thing. And I'm talking about sit there and really take a long look at what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Why do I move like this? Why Why am I dating this person and they're not no good for me? Huh? You know, like what is happening? Like, or you're, or maybe you're in a marriage and you're like, ah, we ain't ever belong together. <laughs> How did I get here? Or that friendship or that job, like being able to really sit with yourself and say, what am I doing? How did I get here? Why do I operate in this way? So that's self-exploration. Number three is self-care. This is the one I'm in for this week. What do I do for me? Mm, I must take care of me. It's not just pampering, but it is taking care of my soul and my heart. How do I treat myself? I posted this um, on Instagram a little while ago, actually. And I just said that, ladies, self-care is not just the hair and nails and massages. Like, it's doing things that take care of my spirit and my soul. You could go get the best spa, massage, and facial and all the things. But if the person you're in love and in relationship with does not take care of your soul, baby, the self-care, the math ain't math. <laughs> the self-care is not caring, okay? Because you're still exposing your heart and your spirit and your soul to someone it shouldn't be exposed to. If you are going to get your nails done and your, your makeup and your hair done every week, but you have friendships that are harmful and toxic and they pour junk into your spirit, baby, the self-care ain't caring. <laughs> and so self-care is also boundaries. Self-care is standards for our lives that say, if you are a part of my life, here are the guidelines that you, and I'm not talking about nothing frivolous and stupid, but things like they honor you, like it's mutually beneficial, right? That's self-care. And so some of us need to add to our self-care. We've been doing the nails and the hair and the spa or whatever, but we're not setting our lives in a way that honors our spirit and our soul. Here's the fourth one, self-esteem. I know, hold on. <laughs> How do I see myself and hold myself regardless of what anyone else says about me. Mm. I must hold myself as an expression of God. I must hold myself within myself. Meaning, is my self-esteem based on outside factors? If I post on social media and it doesn't get you know, the likes and the comments, am I, do I feel like I need to delete it? I remember seeing this post on either TikTok or IG and this girl was like, I posted a post, but nobody liked it. So I had to take it down. What? <laughs> like, no, do you need that level of outside validation? Do you need people to constantly comment on your new hairdo or your outfit or constantly pour into you? Or do you hold yourself within yourself? And this has been something that 
I had to really look at it. I feel like I've done well in this area, but it's something we can always improve upon. How do I shield myself even more? Um, and anchor myself is probably the better word so that no matter what you say, I hear you. And maybe it's even feedback that I can consider, but it doesn't rock me to my core. I know who I am. I see myself. I hold myself within myself, right? The fifth one is self-kindness. Ooh, am I my own best friend? Am I kind to myself? Do I keep my promises to myself? Am I loyal or do I betray myself? Let me say something. Baby, I realized I was not doing good in this area. <laughs> Ooh, I was like, no, ma'am. Now, let me help you out right here. If you are a perfectionist, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. You're a recovering perfectionist. This one is for you. I will never forget therapy uncovering for me that perfectionism is really harsh and unkind. And what sits underneath of perfectionism is this nasty accusatory tone in your voice that tells you what you should know and what you should be. All of this nastiness. And that's not self-kindness. And so as I have now, I will say I have really come a long way, still recovering, but have come a long way in the area of perfectionism, learning to give myself grace and not accuse myself of what I should do and know. But for those of you who struggle with perfectionism, I need you to hold space for self-kindness. You, If you saw a child learning to walk and they kept falling, if you're in your right mind, because you got to give parameters, you probably wouldn't be harsh and nasty to them. You'd actually encourage them. Come on, keep going. You can do it. It's all right. Get back up. But that's not what you do to yourself when you mess up, is it? No, you're beating yourself up. You're telling yourself how stupid it is and you should know better. And it comes in this nasty, harsh, accusatory tone. That I need you to let the enemy know today, we're going to let that go. Some of it's your voice, some of it's his voice, but stop the voice and replace it with a voice of kindness. Affirm what God says about you, that you are loved, you are chosen, you are forgiven, you are the apple of his eye. Don't allow perfectionism and, and all of these things to allow you to be harsh and nasty to yourself. Be kind to yourself. How can we expect anyone else to be kind and loving to us if we aren't? You know, so this is an area that even though I've come a long way with perfectionism, I'm still working on just being kind to myself, being loyal to myself. For some of you, it's not perfectionism, but you don't hold people to the standards you would really like. There are family members who call you and they demand more from you than you would like. And you make it seem like, well, no, I'm just being loyal to them, but not to yourself. You're not being kind to you because you have already established a boundary of maybe space or proximity or time that you need. And if you don't make them honor that, you are not being kind or loving to yourself, right? And so I want to encourage you to say, wow, how am I being kind to me? 
You know, when we talk about love and self-love, I always think about 1 Corinthians 13 and it talks to us about love and love is patient. And the second one is love is kind. How can we expect anyone else to truly love us in a way we deserve to be loved if we are not doing it? You can't get mad when people are not kind to you if you are not kind to you. So that's number six. Number seven is self-respect. Woo, this is a big one. I must stand with, with, in, and for what matters to me. What do I value? How do I stand for what I value? That's the big one. Not only knowing what do I value, but how do I stand for what I value? Do I respect myself enough ooh, 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 to set standards for what I value? I must set clear boundaries and enforce them. What are the consequences of violating my boundaries? And this is kind of like what I was just talking about a little bit, but it goes a little bit deeper because for so many of us, we want connection, we want affirmation, we want um, to be chosen so badly that we don't have any consequences for people who do go against our standards and our boundaries. You know you don't like when that friend does this, when that family member does that, when the person you're dating or are married to does that. And instead of speaking up for yourself, talk about me, talk about me, talk about me, <laughs> and saying, this is a boundary for me and I need this honored if you're going to be in my life, we don't have any consequences. And so self-respect says, listen, I love you. I want you in my life. But if I'm honest, here is what makes me feel safe. And in order to have people in my life, I need them to honor these boundaries. And here are the consequences for not honoring this boundary and not being afraid, loving yourself enough. Loving yourself enough to enforce the boundary and not being afraid, being more afraid of losing me than losing you. There have been too many times in the past where I would hold on to relationships because I'm so afraid of losing you whole time. I'm losing me. There's no way I can be more afraid of losing you than losing me. That's a lack of self-respect. And so that is something that I can say, wow, that was an area I had to grow in. Primarily when it came to the area of dating, not so much friendships, but with men in my life that I would be like, oh, well, the healer in me who always wants to help and make somebody feel better and build them up. I was like, nah, sis, you could do that in ministry. You can help people out in ministry like that. But in your intimate ventricles, people who you allow to have access to your heart, mm -mm. they either demonstrate that they can honor these boundaries or you have to lovingly release them. I have this phrase that I say, which is the door to my life is open. I do not allow rejection and abandonment to cause me to stalk the door. If you would like to stay in my life, stay in my life. Here is the pair of the parameters to do so. And if you choose to, here's what you'll enjoy. Welcome. But if you don't feel like you either want to stay or can honor the boundaries, the door is open and you can go and I will lovingly release you. There will be no malice, no anger, 
it's just going to be like you won't get to enjoy this and that's okay. But you've got to allow people to choose whether they can stay in your life based on what makes you feel healthy, what makes you feel safe, and what are the parameters with which you need to feel respected. What are the consequences, sis, when people violate your respect and your boundaries? Are you going to enforce them or not? (laughs) Does it mean that they no longer have access to you? Even if they're a family member and maybe you can't cut them off, is there a reduction in their access level to you? There has to be some consequence for someone who decides not to honor your boundary. Now, you have to communicate in a healthy way. It can't just come out in an argument or you being angry. You got to be able to honor yourself enough to say, hey, just here's here's maybe I've never communicated this, but here's what I need. I need you to call before you come past my house or I need you to dot, dot, dot. And you give them time to like, okay, take that in. But once you see that it's clear that they're not going to honor that boundary, you've got to be prepared to respect yourself enough to say, yeah, no consequence inactive. And here's the last one, self-growth. How am I growing and developing? Am I complaining about where I am? And oh, I don't have this and I don't like that. Or am I making change? Change your perspective, change how you see things. I do pretty good in this area, but it still was one that I wanted to really sit with. My throat is not trying to let me be great, y'all. And so I had to say, how am I challenging myself to grow in new ways for the way for Tiffany 4.0 and the life I desire and how I see myself evolving? What do I need to do? So one of the things I've been doing is I've been reading. um, I just finished one book and I'm about to read another one. The first book was called Attached. And it was about attachment styles and whew, that book wrecked me. Okay. We're going to talk about that a little more in the dating episode, whew, but that book wrecked me. So now I'm reading another book um, called, what is this one called? It's about attachment as well. It's called Anxiously Attached <laughs> and it's about healing attachment style. And so I'll go deep into that in the dating episode when I talk about what I'm learning in dating, but In general, these seven areas are the areas where I am really like deeply, deeply focusing on growth and where God has been stretching me. Um, As I step into 40, I am clear that this is a completion of a cycle and that I have to go into 40 a new way. Loving myself more deeper, more aware of who I am in God um, and making powerful choices that create a life that I dream of. There are so many things in my life I like. I like my career. I have amazing friendships, my family relationships. I like my body. There's so many things I'm very happy with. And then there are some things I'm like, "Mm, I like to change that. I like to change the results I'm getting in my dating life. I like to create wealth. I like to do some things differently. And I am just excited about the fact that God is giving me the tools and the knowledge to create the powerful choices I need to make those things come to pass. So I hope that this episode has been helpful for you in any, in anything. I hope that one thing that I said has been, um, 
helpful for you and just valuable is really the word I want to say. And um, if so, drop me a comment, share the episode, like, comment, share. Next week, we're going to continue in the series. I'm going to be talking about things I'm learning in my dating life very, very candidly. I'm going to be talking about things I'm learning in my business and money, in my sisterhood, in my friendships, in all of these different areas. It's going to be a really, really cool series. And, and I would love for you guys to give me questions. If you've got questions and things you want me to answer and tackle as I'm talking about my journey to 40, feel free to send me a DM, drop it in the comments, and um, I'll take those things and factor those in as I am planning upcoming episodes. All right, guys. I am praying with and for you that you have a phenomenal rest of your day, week, and I cannot wait to see you on the next episode.